Edward Ayub is a gospel worker in Bangladesh. Because of his experience talking with Muslims, and as a former Muslim himself, he knows that befriending Muslims and practically demonstrating the love of Christ is vital. But that doesn't mean that we need to be afraid to boldly speak out about the gospel. Uh, several times I hear that, uh, like, uh, lots of efforts of relationship evangelism. That's that's great idea. But, uh, you know, Muslims, I think uh, Muslims in every culture in the in the globe, they, uh, they are very much direct. They, they love direct approach. So I think what the Western Christians are doing is good, but at the same time, they need to be more active to share the gospel with a direct approach with the Muslims, and Muslims like that. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. Last week, we began a conversation with Edward Ayub. He's a gospel worker in Bangladesh, a nation where less than 1% of the people are Christians. Edward explained that the constitution in Bangladesh allows for some religious freedom, but in reality, believers in Jesus can face intense persecution from their own family or from the police who don't follow through on the freedoms guaranteed by the law. If you missed last week's conversation, you can hear it at vomradio.net or on the VOM Radio podcast. The Voice of the Martyrs has worked with Edward to set up a training center in Bangladesh. And it's not just a training center for Christians. It's for Muslims and Christians and others to study side by side, looking deeply into both Islam and Christianity. I asked Edward how that works. I talked with our Christian brothers and sisters, you know, because of my background, especially working with the campus crusade, I worked interdenominationally. So I met lots of Christian leaders and pastors in my country, travel around the country. When I talked to the people, I should say that in Bangladesh, reaching the Muslims, very less effort has been done by the mission so far. But nowadays, many organizations are coming up to work among them. When I talked with Christian Leaders, why aren't you working among the Muslims? They say, Muslims are fundamental. They are terrible people. We are afraid of them, or we don't know how to work among them, or they are prone to hate them or not to love them. So I have thought that some training center should be started where actually we can uh, equip chess planters with specialized skills to work among the Muslims. Because working among the Muslims is not uh, the way you work with other groups or Hindus or Christians, not like that. So I have seen in our country the lots of Bible schools and uh, training pastors, church leaders. We appreciate them for their work. But for developing frontline church planters among the Muslims with special skills, we need something else. So God has given me a burden to start a study center offering one-year residential course. And this is uh, focusing in three main areas, Islam, Christianity, and 
consideration and laws of Bangladesh. So we teach Islam, we try to cover each aspect of Islam briefly in one year and also we invite Muslim scholars to teach Islam from their perspective and we give them freedom to talk against Christianity in the classroom. Then we go teach the Bible and doctrine and how to defend our faith, Christian faith. And we teach our constitution and laws of Bangladesh. So with this package, we have seen that our church planters are very much able to respond to the challenges, to the questions they face from the Muslims. You know, in Muslim evangelism, evangelism is, of course, confrontational. Without confrontation, there is no presentation of the gospel with a Muslim. As soon as you start sharing the gospel, they would uh, flood you with many questions and challenges. So you need to know what are the answers. They would attack you, uh, your Christian faith, and you need to know how to defend your faith on the basis of the biblical teaching. So we are doing like uh, these things to equip church planters. But uh, we have seen that over the years, uh, this study center has been going on more, for more than 10 years. We have seen that that study center has become great evangelistic tools. Because we are inviting students from Islam, from Hindus, and uh, from any Christian backgrounds, from any Christian religion. So when they come, we have lots of books in the library on Islam and Christianity. So they compare both religion there. They talk, they interact. And maybe after two, three months, we have seen many Muslims are telling, we want to become follower of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to talk uh, uh, like about one girl who's very interesting. She, she was a college student, and she had a love affair with a secret believer in our area. And uh, that boy, he believed Jesus Christ. He was baptized, but... When both of them having love affair or dating, and the boy has never told the girl that he was a believer. Now they married in an Islamic way. So the boy thought after marriage, he would share the gospel with her. But after marriage, when the girl started observing there's something wrong in the life of her husband, <laughs> he was not a true Muslim, something else. So she started creating trouble in the family. And the family uh, atmosphere became like hell, always quarreling, anger, and fighting. Then one of the senior Muslim convert believer, and he advised, why don't you go to the study center run by Presbyterian Church of Bangladesh? Maybe you'd find some solution. <laughs> so the couple came to our center for studying. And the girl was furious. She tried to leave the center three or four times, but we encouraged her, stay. We are not enforcing you to become a Christian. We are not giving you pressure. You learn Islam and Bible from here in a very lovely, free atmosphere. We are not giving you any pressure. But she was very talented. Even though she was Muslim and fighting with her husband, but in the study, she scored highest mark in the class. <laughs> So I was very interested to see her faith in Jesus Christ because we need this type of girl. Mm -hmm. Then after two months, she came to me. She told me, sir, I want to have baptism. I go, what? Why, why do you want to have baptism? I, told, 
I I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I was uh, amazed, and then uh, she was baptized, and still she is working with Christian mission. She has finished one year course. She is a very uh, talented girl, and the family is in peace now. So you see, lots of lives are uh-huh. changed. And I think it's very interesting that you want the Christian students to be taught by Islamic scholars. You want the Islamic scholars to be firm and and go after them and try to convince them so that when those church planners get out in a village, they've thought through all these questions. Yes, they're already ready. They know they are learning what they are going to face right after their, their assignment in the field. So they are getting the training early, earlier ahead. Yeah. Are there particular? We talked a little bit about your path to faith and the fact that you felt darkness. You felt that that there was sin that you could not overcome within Islam. Are there particular themes or or truths within the gospel that? that seem to resonate with Muslims more than, than maybe other ways of presenting the gospel? I have seen that uh, I tried to study the Quran and Islam since my boyhood, and I tried to study my Bible. I have seen that basically Islam and Christianity, these both religions are totally incompatible. And I, I, I don't see any common ground between these two religions. If I ex- uh, give example, like, like doctrine of God, doctrine of Allah. Allah in Islam is a different one than the God Yahweh in the Bible. It's different because we believe in Trinitarian God, but they believe in Allah is one and they reject the Trinitarian view of God. Like sin is different than if you go salvation, they believe for salvation in the Quran, in Islam, is uh, your faith plus good works. So it's different. If you go for like eschatology, uh, the view of heaven in Islam is uh, worse than, uh, than the present corrupted sinful world because they view Islam that there will be very beautiful, wide-eyed hur or omen beside you. Handsome boys would be there that you may drink very uh, high quality of wine. So that's the literal picture of heaven, which I say that which is worse than our present world. But uh, in Christianity, heaven is uh, actually being with God in the book of Revelation, fellowshipping with God, being with Jesus Christ. So it's all different things in terms of faith and fundamental faith issues and doctrines, all different things. And I think that's an important truth because one of the things that has happened in America is some people have tried to promote this idea that, well, you know, Muslims and Christians, we all worship the same God. We just see it a little differently, but we're really, we agree on more than we disagree on. But what you're saying is, no, they're they're fundamentally different yes. faiths. Yeah, I think uh, uh, we have seen in Bangladesh, many of our friends are doing that when they go to the Muslim field to share the gospel. Actually, because of fear, because of fear and persecution, they, they start their approach in this way. Your Allah and my Allah are the same one. Your prophet is Muhammad, my prophet is Jesus, only the difference, but actually one Allah. And I believe that that's a, one of the greatest lie to a Muslim. Yeah. And one of the things about your ministry is you're very upfront. 
even the fact that that we're interviewing you and we're using your real name and we're saying this is what you do. Muslims appreciate that honesty, though, don't they? Muslims always appreciate, but uh, like uh, there are some groups, uh, what they're doing, they say, I am a Muslim, but follower of Isa, Jesus Christ. So they want to identify themselves with the Muslims, even sometimes dressing like them or going to the mosque to pray with them. But as soon as you talk about Jesus, immediately the conclusion of the Muslim is that you are Christian. If the word Jesus is there, you cannot defend your pretension or anything. The Muslim would conclude that you are Christian. So there's no use of hiding our identity. Like uh, I want to give an example, like uh, when we started building our headquarter near Dhaka, and uh, we went to a certain place and the Muslim community with five mosques in that area. And we started buying land and people started asking us, what are you going to do? We very honestly told we are Christians. We need to establish our church building, our training center, then our missionary school. We are Christians, so we are very much upfront and honest to them. They appreciate that very much. Now, still, we have good relationship with them. We are uh, well established in that area. In fact, our influence is greater than the Muslim influence in that area. Wow. <laughs> so we didn't go to the area where there are five mosques, but actually, actually Muslims uh, didn't build mosques surround, surrounding us, but we actually penetrated the Muslim mm-hmm. community with our existence and visibilities. Muslims appreciate that. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Edward Ayub. He is a leader in the Presbyterian Church of Bangladesh. He's also a leader in the Shalom Foundation, which is a partner of Voice of the Martyrs inside Bangladesh. How do you prepare the church planters to stand up under persecution? I think we uh, first uh, we do like fellowshipping like uh, one of the one of the things god has helped me to do like organizing a national platform for the muslim converts for the first time we started uh, bringing muslim converts into christian faith in one place for four or five days and the largest one i know 1200 muslim converts in wow. one place many americans went there to speak and local many local christian leaders and many missionaries were afraid to conduct such type of like great momentum activities, but we did that. And because of that, when Muslim converts see that, they are not alone. The converts are everywhere in the country. Educated Muslims are becoming Christ with great testimonies, with suffering, so they are very much encouraged. So lots of chances for socializing, fellowshipping together, encouraging one another. So that's one thing, bringing them in one place then we need to teach them the theology of suffering because we cannot sleep away suffering. We cannot avoid suffering. This is, uh, this is uh, normal. This should be expected according to the teaching of the Bible. And we need to teach that. If we want to avoid suffering, I think uh, we would be very weak in faith and we wouldn't be able to face persecution. So in our study center, we have class on suffering. We have one subject on persecution. So we have added all, included all these things in our study center uh-huh. for teaching. And uh, when we sent church planters uh, into, into the uh, Muslim field, at that time, the beginning, they have fear. But 
you know, in our denomination, each church planter has to share their faith with at least 40 Muslims per month. Wow. So that's the basic standard. That means annually they are supposed to share the gospel with 480 Muslims. That's the standard thing. Some of them are doing more, some are less, but that's the standard. We also give them training on how to defend their faith. Because if you don't know how to respond to a Muslim questions, you would have always psychological fear. But if you know how to respond, and it's amazing that whatever questions or challenges Muslims are giving, all the answers are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Bible is sufficient. So you read the Bible and find out the answers, defend your faith. We don't encourage to offend right. them or to attack them, but this is our duty to uh, like equip them how to defend faith. So these are some of the things we are doing. I think it's interesting, the first two things that you pointed out. One, you're not alone. If, yes. if you face persecution, you're not alone. Yes. You're a part of the body of Christ. There's other people who are praying for you and lifting you up. The second thing is persecution is to be expected. Yes. So when it happens, you didn't fail and God didn't fail. This is what it means to follow Christ. You shouldn't yes. be shocked by this. Uh, what an amazing way to equip ourselves to face hardship and to face persecution. Because some of our listeners here in the United States, they have Muslim friends or Muslim co-workers that they want to share the gospel with. How would you advise them or, or equip them to be able to sit down with a Muslim friend and say, hey, I want to, I want to lead this conversation towards issues of faith and eternity and Jesus Christ? Uh, several times I hear that, uh, like, uh, lots of efforts of relationship evangelism. That's that's great idea. But, uh, you know, Muslims, I think uh, Muslims in every culture in the in the globe, they uh, they are very much direct. Mm -hmm. They they love direct approach. So I think what what uh, the Western Christians are doing is good. But at the same time, they they need to uh, be more active to share the gospel with a direct approach with the Muslims and Muslims like that. Christians should remember that that they should be excited of the of the Christian gospel of the faith the Lord we have, the faith we have. At the same time, we need to remember that Islam Islam is a very fragile, very breakable religion because of war it has been uh, started. And Muslims uh, react because they're afraid of the uh, destruction of their own religion. They think that if uh, somebody becomes Muslim, and uh, that would actually attack us and many others would follow, that's why they are always uh, raise their voices. Even if you see when there was a cartoon drawn by a cartoonist in Denmark in the whole world, there was a destruction of churches, mm -hmm. attacking Christian community. And uh, one of my Muslim scholars, he's my close friend, and uh, he was furious to criticize Christians uh, because of the cartoon. I asked him, why are you so furious uh, to Christians just because of a cartoon? And a, can a cartoon damage your religion? Is it so weak? And he was speechless. He didn't have any answer because, uh -huh. because he didn't think in that way. So we don't have to be afraid. We should be honest and, uh, and bold because uh, the, the gospel we have, we should be bold of. 
we should be uh, courageous and share this uh, with the Muslims. So we should be direct with them to give the gospel. And I love the way you you mentioned that Islam is a fragile religion. There are there are some questions that Islam cannot answer. Yes. And you talked about even in your own life, what's going to happen to me after I die? I don't know. I don't know, yes. Uh, and so there are some questions that Islam just doesn't have answers for. The gospel does. Jesus yes. does have answers for those questions. So we encourage our listeners, as, as you encounter Muslims, they are not afraid of a conversation about faith. They're yes. not shy about talking about what yes. they believe. Yes. Let's not be shy about what we believe. Let's yeah. let's talk about it. Let's put it out there. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Edward Ayub. He is one of our partners in Bangladesh. Uh, Edward, as we finish up, we always want our listeners to be equipped to pray. How can we pray for Bangladesh, both for the Christians, for the church there, and for the country as a whole? I think the, uh, one of the greatest challenge of church planning among the Muslims in Bangladesh is uh, lacking uh, discipling. You know, when we have seen, uh, I have mentioned that uh, we have worked in the whole country bringing Muslim converts in one place in some one association platform. Our experience is uh, none of them has gone through proper discipleship. And when we have discovered the lacking, we tried to emphasize in discipling, and we have found out that in 200 years of Protestant mission history and over 400 years of Catholicism in Bangladesh, there hasn't been any discipleship material to apply for the Muslim converts, especially the new believers from Islam. So there's a big lacking area. And by the grace of God, so far, two discipleship materials are available. If the churches uh, can use that to equip their new converts, that would be big help. So you can pray for that level of discipling. If they are not well discipled, they'll be weak in faith, they'll be backsliding, compromising in faith, ethical violation or backsliding, all this problem would be there. So we need to disciple them well. So pray for the church as they are discipling new yes. believers that they will grow strong in the faith and yes. really drive their roots down into God's Word. Yes. And please pray for our country because uh, there are more than 55 terrorist, Islamic terrorist groups, according to the government, according wow. to the newspapers, according to the media. So all these names are known to the government. There's nothing to hide. And uh, for the law and order situation in Bangladesh, government is trying to hunt them down. But uh, still, uh, it's a densely populated country. The marketplaces, villages, lots of people, sometimes it's very difficult to find out. So we need to pray the stronghold of this terrorism because of that, uh, many Christians are in fear, so that Christians can be bold rather than be afraid of. We want to see these groups, radical groups, come to Christ, and we need to share faith with them. Amen. Radical Muslims can become radical Christians, uh, the yes. kind who will go and share the gospel and be bold in their faith. Bangladesh has 170 million people yes. uh, in a very small area. Yes. 1% Christian or less than 1%. Less than 1% Christian. Less than 1% Christian. So as you pray, pray for souls. Pray for yes. Muslims and Hindus and others to come to know Christ in a personal way. 
Edward, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your heart for the people of Bangladesh and your heart for the Lord. And thanks for sharing this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for partnering with us as a great resource. We are encouraged. Yes, thank you very much. Edward, it's an honor and a blessing for us here at VOM to stand with you and with our brothers and sisters in Bangladesh. You've been listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for taking time out from your week to be with us. As always, you can connect online at vomradio.net. If you're just joining us at the tail end of this conversation, please go back and listen to the whole thing at vomradio.net. We'll also give you links there to subscribe to the VOM Radio podcast. Next week, Lauren Cunningham, the founder of YWAM, Youth with a Mission, will be here with us on VOM Radio. Find out why he says one of the most important things we can do is to saturate countries with God's Word. A true legend in the missions community, you won't want to miss our conversation with Lauren Cunningham next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.